You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Mostyn. Uh, Mostyn, uh, another one of these uh, on 94.90 as you head out to Minneapolis if you're coming from Milwaukee. It looks like it's around uh, between like Toma and the Wisconsin Dells. So shout out to ESPN Mostyn. I don't think I've ever been there in my life. Maybe I've driven by it, but I don't really remember Joining me today, though, is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? The struggle is real, Eric. Uh, you had to attend a baseball game tonight, which had many runs, which I feel like took a long time. It did. And then um, I, when I, when you were finally ready, I tried to launch my Skype, which is normally how we record, and Skype was not starting on my laptop, so then I... Uh, was going to use my phone, and then I realized I had deleted Skype because Skype would always ring on my phone when I was trying to do it on my <laughs> laptop, and I could never just like turn it off. Sure. So then I re-downloaded Skype, and then I realized that I couldn't use the speakerphone function for some reason, and then um, I was going to put in my earbuds, and then I realized I have a goddamn iPhone 8 that doesn't have an earbud jack. So then um, after much much effort, I now have my Bluetooth uh, earbuds in. So, uh, you know, it's just, just to get here at 1139 PM central time, uh, has been a struggle. And, um, I, I make no, make no promises as to what we're about to discuss, whether or not it will be of any quality whatsoever. It's going to be of the highest quality. Um, we always strive for the best, best possible content here on lockdown bucks. And it's going to be, it's going to be ESPN Toma quality. (laughs) I'm not sure if it if it should if it should go beyond a uh, random ESPN affiliate uh, like 6 a.m. hour uh, segment, but you know what? Sorry, guys, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, we're we're gonna get through it. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, a couple uh, again, as we are in August, uh, we need to think of our next like series segment uh, idea as we go through. You know the final you know, month until the finish line or so. Maybe it's probably even a little bit less than that because media day isn't, I don't think, all that far away. So we are getting closer and closer to talking about actual fake basketball and preseason and training camp and all of that. So we are getting closer and closer to that. But for now, uh, we are just going to take a sweep through uh, the general news in the Bucks world. And uh, I guess we'll start with... Uh, cell phone video shot of the Milwaukee Bucks in a New York <laughs> fitness center. Um, we can start there. Uh, it does appear that much of the Bucks organization is at a, is at a mini camp of sorts uh, in New York uh, because someone randomly caught them. Uh, and I shouldn't say caught them because if you're 
practicing at a facility that you know has glass windows, um, you know, you, you you understand that people can see you doing it. So I can't imagine it was uh, the most secretive attempt by the Milwaukee Bucks, but uh, obviously that video kind of went around, and I think just about everyone can be seen in the video. And, and I'm not I didn't go through player by player because I gotta say don't care a ton. Um, but you know, coach Bud was there and Giannis was there and, uh, Pat Connaughton was there. And, uh, I think just about the entirety of the roster. So again, people uh, kind of ask like, Oh, what's going on? Like, what are they doing? Uh, they've, they got the team together and they got them together a little bit before, uh, being together in Milwaukee and at getting everything ready to go here. So I would say that seems like good team building and it seems like something good to, to get things going here. Um, as the year goes on, I know last year there was, uh, much ado about the the California meetup, I think it was. Is that where everyone was meeting up and working out together for a little bit? Um, I think it was California last year. But, again, it's kind of the same idea, getting together, getting the team together, getting together with the coaches, and playing a little basketball. There's no better uh, late summer, um, you know, happy-go-lucky, <laughs> sunshiny, optimistic storyline than the – Oh, the whole team's getting together to <laughs> practice early or so-and-so's in, in Milwaukee working out with blah, 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 you know? Um, yeah. I mean, this isn't like, you know, the, the Bucks have not, um, you know, set some new standard for team togetherness or team on the same pageness or anything like that. I mean, th- these things do happen, but yeah, look, it's, it's cool to, uh, to get, um, to get the team together in August, especially with the new coaching staff. I mean, um, you know, I think we joked at one point, um, you know, last year that uh, as soon as the offseason ended, whoever came in as the new coaching staff should spend like two months unteaching everything that they'd been taught defensively for the last four years. Um, so I'm not sure if that's what they were working on. Um, but obviously with the new coaching staff, there's more there's more to do than uh, than you might otherwise have in a, in a year where there's more carryover or, or more continuity. Um, I mean, as far as the players go, obviously, there's a lot of continuity, but, um, you know, the, there's obviously hopefully um, some some serious changes coming to uh, to what the Bucks are doing tactically on both sides of the ball. So um, that's that's not a bad thing. Good to have people there. And uh, I, I can't speak to the quality based on a what minute long footage of some random dudes <laughs> running around. But, um, you know, hey, uh, might as well start early because uh, it's crazy. I mean, what? Uh, is is media day like the 24th of september or something like that i, oh, I forget I, th- I think it's yeah i think it's somewhere around i don't there. yeah i don't know if it, there's been an official date last year it was september 25th um so obviously with the nba calendar now earlier this year and last year than it was previously um this stuff comes up fast so um so that's good to hear and i guess before we i don't know if we, and this is kind of another topic we did see Giannis uh in new york as part of that group and uh, apparently the word um, first first uh, alerted to us by a friend of the pod, Andrew Ragusis, um, word is that Giannis will not be participating in any more Greek, uh, I guess, it, what is it? Is it uh, Euro basket qualifiers or World Cup qualifiers? One of the two, maybe World Cup qualifiers. Um, he already missed a couple of her in the summer. I, 
it sounds like Greece, Greece expects to qualify regardless. So um, I know there had been talk of Giannis potentially taking part in that later in the summer, uh, but it sounds like that's not going to happen, which I think if you're selfishly viewing it from a Bucks perspective, um, <laughs> I'd say that's a good thing because, you, you know, we're only a year removed from Giannis going to a Greek mini camp and then having to be pulled out due to knee soreness, which um, lingered throughout the season. So um, let's let's not do that again, uh, especially given that there's not a, you know, Olympics or World Cup, um, you know, at stake this summer. Yeah, and uh, what, Suki Hobson had to meet him in China and the Bucks medical staff had to try to find a way to you know, evaluate him and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, selfishly, I think we've said this before, like, you know, it might not be the worst thing if Giannis never plays for the Greek national team. And I know we have a number of Greek listeners who are probably ready to throw whatever listening device they have at the wall and try to climb through that device and attack me for saying that. Um, but obviously, you know, in those moments, that's just a chance for injury. That's a chance for uh, getting yourself a little bit more worn out. It's a possibility of getting hurt. Um, those are all worrisome things. Obviously, uh, you think to, you know, kind of Paul George. That was a USA intra-squad scrimmage that was televised, and that was how he messed his knee up. So um, less competition, I think, is kind of probably always a good thing but uh obviously it does mean quite a bit to Giannis so I would suspect suspect that we will see him uh throw on the Greek jersey a number of times uh in the coming years but it does not sound like you said that it'll be happening this year and yeah after last summer I think you you would just hope that you don't hear any stories in mid-January or whatever it is about Giannis taking a week off and then getting right back to work uh, and, you know, starting to work out again. Like you would hope that you, you do hear that he did take the time off that he needed for his knee, uh, that he, he did not stress it out, that he did actually, you know, not immediately go right back into a workout plan because that obviously got him in a little bit of trouble. So uh, we'll see if that is the case. I'm sure I will ask about it if Matt Velasquez or someone else in the media doesn't end up asking about it. I will definitely end up asking that question because, uh, you know, that management of whatever the injury they want to call it is, whatever Giannis wants to say it is, um, whatever that is, like that is something that needs to get managed. And we'll see if that was done this offseason. All right. Other changes that we need to discuss. Uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin kind of made uh, – some and I guess technically it's the Bucks who run the. I have no idea how it works if it's the Bucks or Fox Sports Wisconsin or however it is, but uh, some changes got announced in the last week or so. And I guess just to kind of run it down, uh, Telly Hughes will no longer be a member of the Bucks broadcast team. Uh, Gus Johnson will no longer be a member of the Bucks broadcast team, and Johnny Mack will no longer be a member of the Bucks broadcast team. Uh, Katie George will be added to the Bucks broadcast team. She's coming in from Louisville, uh, Kentucky, I believe. And I'm trying to think, um, is that it, right? Uh, and so then it'll be Pashkey and um, 
Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson for a majority of the time. Craig Kishan also in the mix. Steve Novak also in the mix. And then uh, Kitty George serving as the sideline reporter for that. And I, I guess uh, where I want to start is... Uh, with Johnny Mac, uh, obviously I have in the past caped for Johnny Mac because I am a fan. Uh, it takes me back to my childhood. Uh, I've been listening uh, to Johnny Mac call games and watch Johnny Mac call games for years and years and years. And, well, uh, in the last few years, it did appear that Johnny Mac had been calling games for years and years and years. And, you know, I would say the quality of his call in recent years has probably gone down um, and some would probably say gone down significantly and uh, I, I would say I, I'm i sad that this day has finally come. I don't doubt though that the Bucks will give him opportunities, maybe not to call entire games, but to certainly stop by the broadcast booth because you know they're not going to get rid of Mr. Buck, the original Buck. He will be around and I would I would guess and I would hope that even on opening night on that Friday night that even if he's not in the booth for the entire game, even if he's not sitting there courtside with Marcus Johnson and Jim Paschke calling it, that at some point in that game he will he will get to stop by and he will get to talk about the arena and how exciting it is and you know how excited he is to still be a part of the franchise. Yeah, I don't think there's any question, you know, there will be some role for John McLaughlin in in the Bucks broader uh, ecosystem. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll still see him um, participate in some capacity in um, you know the the many mediums uh, that that are out there. Bucks Television, even if he's not uh, you know broadcasting the games uh, as he has in the past, and and I agree. I mean, he's obviously been kind of cutting back on his schedule of games for for a number of years now. Um, I mean, geez, it it feels like I don't know. It feels like there's been sort of a, a planned transition to someone else for. <laughs> You know, I, I'm thinking even like with, during the Scott Williams days, which I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what years those were. But oh, wow, um, yeah. it, it feels like, you know, for the better part of a decade, sort of there's been this like idea of, well, at some point, John McLaughlin is not going to be the color commentator for Bucks games anymore. And, um, you know, started off with sort of the, the summer or the sorry, the the winter uh, vacation he would take going to Arizona and you know he would kind of disappear for a couple weeks usually. Um, and obviously in the last few years it has transitioned into him be, being really much more of a, a part-time broadcaster. And, um, you know, I think the, the upside of this is that, you know, after searching around for a little while, the Bucks um, found a familiar face that has stepped in and, um, you know, is one of the very best <laughs> commentators uh, on league pass around the league. Uh, and that's Marcus Johnson. And so, um, you know, I think certainly as as you said, I, I think many of us obviously grew up listening to John John McLaughlin call games with Jim Paschke, and so we'll always have sort of fond memories um, of that um, and and all his idiosyncrasies and his sayings and things like that. Um, but uh, you know, it's hard to be I think a part time uh, color commentator or play by play guy, which I think also will apply to the Gus Johnson story. Um, you know, and and again, when you have a guy like Marcus Johnson, I think it's great if you can have that guy broadcast 82 games, right? You have um, a a great broadcaster. And um, I think, you know, especially for a local team, um, having those people around the team day to day and calling all the games is there's an advantage to that, you know, building that familiarity. It's, it's hard to be 
um, to be part time. And I think we saw that, you know, with with both John and, and Gus the, the last couple of years. And um, obviously, you know, to be at the, the kind of highest level of quality, it, it helps to be the the regular group that's doing it every day. So, um, yeah, shout out to John McLaughlin. I mean, his impact on the franchise as a player, um, as a broadcaster, but then also as an ambassador and uh, of course, you know, as the the founder of the Mac Fund and, yep. um, you know, everything he's done there. also want to give a, uh, a shout out to John Kerry, who was the longtime uh, director of the Mac Fund. He's also retiring this year. Um, uh, I got to know John uh, through his family. I uh, had the fortune of going to uh, high school with a couple of his kids. And um, he's a great, great guy. And, um, you know, uh, the work that, that John and John <laughs> have done. <laughs> with the Mac fund, um, you know, kind of speaks for itself. So, um, I think that legacy will, uh, will live on for, you know, I think as long as you have the bucks, right. Um, yeah. no matter what, um, that, that legacy will live on. And so, um, certainly look at John McLaughlin's career. It's, uh, it's hard to imagine, you know, hard to imagine him when he came in, what was it or whatever it was like 1969 or whatever, uh, to, to 68, 69, I think. Right. On the, yeah, from the, the first team, what, San Diego rockets, I think it was. At the yeah. Time. I mean, yeah, coming from, you know, that the original team um, to think that, you know, literally 50 years later, he would be wrapping up his career as a broadcaster, having been a championship level player, an all star uh, retired number. Um, and then to also have made such a huge impact off the court. I mean, a, a really a bigger impact off the court than um, almost any player can have on the court. Um, it's a it's a tremendous legacy for, for Johnny Mack and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll see him at the, I was going to say Bradley center, but no, not the Bradley center. Don't be in the Bradley center, Johnny Mac. It's going to get torn down. <laughs> Make sure you're at the new building. Um, so hopefully we'll see John, uh, John around there, but, um, and hopefully we'll continue to see him on TV and in, in other capacities. Cause obviously, uh, he still has, I think, I think a lot to give. And, um, you know, again, I think, uh, uh, looking forward to the Bucks broadcast with Marcus and, and Jim uh, moving forward. But um, we, we definitely want to make sure we, we celebrate John McLaughlin because uh, he's, uh, I mean, like you said, we grew up with him, right? Yes. He's, he's, uh, he's synonymous with, with Bucks basketball. And it's funny to think that it's not just we, like you and me, like me at 28, you a little bit older than that. Like think about like <laughs> think about all of the people that can say that. Like if you are if you're 50 years old, you can say that. You you can say I grew up with Johnny Mac, whether that would be whether he was still on the floor or, or as a broadcaster, like no matter what, like you know him as the Milwaukee Bucks and it is crazy to think about the Mac fund and you know him creating that with Eddie Doucette and just the fact like they created the Mac Fund the night Johnny Mac's like Johnny Mac decided to announce his retirement. Like that was when they created the Mac Fund. That's where it started, and now it's raised millions of dollars for childhood cancer research. And it, like there's there's things in hospitals named the Mac Fund Corner, like the Mac Fund Wing of of a hospital. Like it is just crazy to think through all of the stuff that they've been able to do through that foundation and all the good that they've been able to do. And I, I 100% agree that good. We don't talk about 
would and again you you would think we do but you know every time you think of Johnny Mac you think of him saying something crazy him breaking his headset uh him <laughs> screaming over Jim Paschke as a shot goes in like you think of all those things and uh every once in a while on Mac fun night I think we always tend to think about it um but we should think about it more, just all the good that he has done. Uh, and yeah, I, I do, I do look forward to all of the visits that he will make to the broadcast table, because I'm sure that he will, he will stop by throughout the season and uh, you will, you know, get to hear his voice once again. Um, one of the other things, so a couple other things there, you mentioned Marcus Johnson, a familiar face and the, the nice thing is that the Bucks didn't just find a familiar face to be Johnny Mac's replacement. They found a familiar face who's really freaking good at broadcasting. <laughs> like, Marcus Johnson is really good. And you mentioned he, he's probably, and again, I would guess league pass junkies would tend to agree with this. Like, he's one of the better color guys in the league. Like, I'm trying to think of, you know, better color commentators guys that I like more in that role and I think just around the league like you don't have uh, guys that you know aren't blatant homers uh, guys that aren't you know relying on cliches like he is just lively he there's a vibrant broadcast every single night as he, he is on it uh, he tries to create catchphrases he, he's uh, just a, a generally having a fun time. Uh, so I, I do agree that I look forward to getting to see him and Jim Paschke call. I, I, I don't, I'm sure Steve Novak will take a few while, you know, Marcus, I think missed what, like two weeks when he was watching some of his kids play basketball and, uh, you know, stuff with their high school. I, I would assume you'll probably have some of that and Novak will fill in there. Um, and you know, maybe Jim will miss a few games and Craig Sean fills in there. But for the most part, you're probably going to get to see, Paschke and Johnson 70 out of 82 maybe 75 maybe even more I don't know but you're gonna get to see those two a lot and and I thought even then in the short time that they've worked together they've created a nice chemistry so that'll be exciting and then I'm one thing I'm interested to, to think about is or I guess one thing I found so interesting is so I ended up reporting that you know Gus Johnson would be out Jenny Mack would be out uh Telly Hughes would be out and I, the, the split in Gus Johnson fandom is kind of fascinating to me, uh, because it is literally right down the middle. There is not some people, I can't think of one tweet response and this probably speaks to Twitter, but also just how people feel about Gus Johnson. There was not, eh, you know what? It's okay. It, it was either, oh my gosh, I can't believe Gus Johnson's not going to be with the broadcast anymore. Or thank God Gus Johnson is not going to be with the broadcast anymore. And it was just interesting, like you said, that, you know, it's hard to be a part-time guy. It's hard to come in and have this kind of be your second job. And that's largely to me what it was for Gus Johnson was that, you know, he has his national gig. And then on the side, he was trying to, you know, call a few more games and find something else steady on the side. And we've seen a guy like Brian Anderson, Ian Eagle do kind of the opposite where they start local and then start to do some more national. And then the local team uh, is understanding of that and is able to help out in that role. And we saw Gus kind of try to do the opposite thing. And I mean, I think at times it was clear that, you know, he wasn't living and breathing Bucks basketball in the same way that a full-time every single night kind of broadcaster would. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, 
when when Gus was announced, I think it was the same year that Marcus Johnson joined the broadcast too. And you know, um, because Gus has a bigger national profile, he was really the story. Uh, and in reality, here we are a couple years later, and you know, Marcus is the story. <laughs> and um, I, I think you know, with Gus, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's hard to kind of parachute in, especially given that you know he didn't really have a history with the franchise or with this market. Yep. Um, it's it's harder to kind of parachute in as a part-time guy. Um, and you know, I, I think again, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it seems like a lot of the people that complained or didn't like um, didn't like Gus as as you know a Bucks local broadcaster. It seemed like a lot of it was driven by a sense that he like would get excited for when the other team did things. It's that Lowry game winner. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even remember the context. Um, I mean, I I don't really remember particularly caring that much about that. Like, I don't, I don't really recall feeling like, Oh, Gus doesn't want the bucks to win or he's not, he's not rooting hard enough or something like that. I mean, I, I I appreciate a, a local broadcaster who, I don't know. My view is, you know, if I'm following a team, I, I want my, my broadcaster to, you know, want my team to win. Yeah. But I also, the thing I don't like is I don't like it when the local broadcasters use the, you know, well, we're, 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 this is our team that we're, you know, uh, broadcasting for. So we're going to mm, not do research <laughs> on the other teams and we're yeah. going to, you know, not give credit for the other teams or not appreciate, you know, great players who do things for the other team. And I think, you know, when I look at like, think about like broadcasters, I like, I mean, I think this has been a hallmark of, of what has made, you know, in the past, Jim and John a good combination. It's what makes Jim and Marcus a good combination. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, to Gus's credit is that, you know, he also didn't just want to, like, make everything about the Bucks. And, you know, like I think of, like, Tommy Heinsohn, who I hated as a broadcaster, and I still can't stand it having lived in Boston for 15 years. That's you a know, Tommy like point just, for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it just seems like there's too there's so much like complaining. Like the other team never gets credit, right? It's the, yep. the the Celtics are getting screwed over. Somebody does something. Oh, you traveled or you, you where's the <laughs> offensive foul? You know, yep. it's just like, hey man, just like it's okay to just be like this other team is doing some things well, and it's not just <laughs> you know the Celtics screwing up or the Celtics doing things well. The Celtics getting screwed. Yeah. Um. So I, I think uh I think that that I I'm. You know, that that is my main criteria. Like, I'm totally happy to have a broadcaster who, you know, you know where his allegiances are and who's going to get more excited for the home team than, you know, the other team. Um, But I don't want that to translate into um, not being educated on the opponents um, or or not appreciating what the opponents do. And I think to, you know, the credit of of really all the Bucks broadcasters, I think they they do those things. Um, And I, I will say there's a lot of, a lot of uh, local, especially color commentators, you can tell they they cruise by. They do not yep. put in the work. Um, they don't watch film of the other teams. They don't, you know, research the other teams. And it becomes, you know, really obvious now that you've got um, league pass viewers consuming the content from these people, and actually, like, you know, in a lot of cases, being fans of the other team and saying like. These guys don't know anything about my team. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, I think um, and and as far as Marcus goes, I, I mean, I'd echo what you said, right? I mean, his energy. I mean, I think he's he and Jim work really well because I think Jim is obviously, you know, probably more conservative in a lot of ways. Like he, you know, Jim does not kind of wear the whole. He's more of a hat, straight man. Know? He's more of a straight yeah. Man. He's more of a straight man. I mean, he's he's you know he's not trying to get, um, 
he's not trying to get you know uh, super excited about every little thing the Bucks do. He's trying to you know be pretty be pretty even keeled. Um, and I, I think that plays well, especially when you broadcast a team that has struggled for for long periods because you can't get you know like I mean I, how, how many times have you watched a Bucks team where you're like so pissed about how they're playing and you're just sitting there and, and I'll just think like man. I don't know how like Jim and John or Jim and Marcus like <laughs> can just sort of still have fun with this and not like get pissed off. Right. Like as a fan, yeah. you're just pissed off. And I appreciate the fact that these guys are professionals and, uh, and can, you know, just get through it, get through it. Um, but yeah, I, I think they, those guys work well together. Um, you know, I think Marcus, as you said, his energy, he has fun with it. He gets into it. Um, his personality, you know, his energy is great. Um, and it's never, I don't know, it doesn't ever feels like put on, right? It feels very sincere. He's, he's an authentic guy. And obviously his knowledge of the game is significant. He's a guy that also, I mean, you know, he wants to learn too, right? It, to, to the point of doing research, doing that. I mean, you know, he wants to understand analytics, you know, I mean, talking to people with the team, like, he, you know, he, he'll talk to the analytics guys. He wants to understand stuff. He's not just some, you know, old guy who who is uh, you know anti stats, anti analytics, or whatever. What, what um, was the stat he dropped the one time where he was talking about how the Bucks were trying to put more pressure on full court? Yeah, and he was, was like, like the, <laughs> that was like the first game, I think, like he, like of the season. I think he 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 brought that out. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, if the Bucks are able to hold him up for a second longer, that takes the expected point value down a half point or something. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like. This is the guy that the Bucks got. This is awesome. Like former player, not afraid of analytics, actually involved in enjoying analytics. Like it, yes, totally agree with all of that. Yeah. So I, you gotta love Marcus, and I think the beautiful thing too is, you know, here's a guy who was, I would say, certainly one of the top five players in franchise history, arguably top four, arguably even top three players in franchise history. Um, leaves the team in the early to mid eighties under not great circumstances, you know, really didn't have a big connection to the Bucks franchise for a very long time. And um, I think, you know, one of the underrated things that, that the new ownership, new ownership, new ownership did was bring Marcus specifically back into the fold and, you know, having him now as, as the announcer, um, I think has been just this, it's been a beautiful thing. I mean, it's like you can come home uh, in a lot of ways. It's, yeah. It kind of felt like, and it is only a matter of time before his number eight Jersey gets retired. Um, I, 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 I've been assuming in the last couple of years, I figured when it didn't happen the first year he came back, I thought, okay, maybe they're just waiting for the new building so they can do it there and, and do it properly. And so, um, I mean, there's nothing been announced. Um, I think the journal Sentinel ran, a, I don't know if it was Gary D'Amato or somebody ran an op-ed a little while ago about like you know he's deserving of it and i was like okay yes th- this is all part of the process of us now getting to the actual thing happening so um i, I hope it's this year uh if not this year it better be next year um but yeah his his jersey i mean there's no more egregious uh non-retirement of a jersey in bucks history and now that marcus is you know, an everyday part of the franchise again. I mean, it's the biggest no-brainer to to honor him in a way that he deserves. So, um, I would love to come back for that that ceremony. I think it would be f- a fantastic thing to see live as well. But hopefully, that happens um, this year at some point. And and again, I think that's that's the upside of of Johnny Mac. You know, riding off into the sunset. At least as as the color commentator goes, um, it means that we get uh, all Marcus all the time, or all Marcus most of the time. And um, that's that's a very positive thing. All right, that's going to be it for us for today. 
on Lockdown Bucks. Thank you so much for joining us. For Frank Man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you later.